What's going on, Thought Criminals? Darren Wisely here, Hillsdale's most trusted and beloved lawyer. And I earn that title by giving you straight facts that uh, other media either sugarcoats, glosses over, or simply refuses to touch. It takes a lot of work dealing with all the Karens out there. So much work, in fact, that in earning that title, I gave it to myself. So I've got a really good show for you guys today, but uh, first as a matter of housekeeping, I've moved all of my content over to Substack. So there you'll find not only all my podcast episodes, but also my other content and um, updates as well. So make sure you're subscribed there so you don't miss a thing. And I also uh, do post these episodes on YouTube, so if you want to see the video version, you can check that out there. Today's episode is one where, if you do have the ability, I highly, highly recommend you check out that video version, and you'll see what I mean here in a second. So let's get this rolling. I wanted to pick a topic for you guys that's both relevant and interesting, and I decided to go with the First Amendment, because the law on it is very, very murky. I mean, a lot of these cases, they don't make sense in conjunction with each other, And my final year of law school, I took this advanced con law class, and it was just First Amendment. That's that's all we studied. So we got real into the weeds there for the entire semester, and that experience really, really blackpilled me on the law because it showed me what I was already figuring out at that time, um, but it showed me that uh, the outcome on these cases really comes down to just who's on the court. So how do you make any sense of that? We have a huge issue in this country with free speech being cracked down on all corners, as I'm sure you're aware. So I think it's really important to familiarize yourself uh, with the basics. So I'm going to do my best to show you the state of the law in that regard. And I have some really kind of fun and interesting content to go with it. So don't worry, this isn't just going to be some kind of boring lecture Bueller, Bueller, that's just going to put you to sleep, okay? Now, obviously, you have uh, several categories that the First Amendment protects, speech, expression, religion, etc. But today, I'm just going to focus on the speech aspect. I'm going to do a series for you guys here on the First Amendment, and this is part one. So, uh, today's show, I'm going to talk about the First Amendment and cops, So we have too many people that think uh, just because someone walks around with a badge and a gun that confers, you know, some kind of holy sacrosanct respect. Go back to blue. You should have just followed orders. Yeah, I know you got shot, but uh, you should have just followed orders. (laughs) Give me a break, okay? Seriously. We have to remember the Bill of Rights is here to protect we the people against tyrannical government. That's the entire purpose. Government's job is, well, allegedly, to protect our rights, query whether they actually do. (laughs) But uh, that's what really irks me about this notion of law enforcement getting all hot and bothered when people try to exercise their rights and and, or just in regular um, day-to-day interactions treating the citizenry some kind of occupied people. I mean, they're supposed to be peace officers, um, you know, not acting like they're, you know, military. And I'm going to start with some uh, background and case law, but uh, conclude with a case that, uh, that I had um, 
And it's going to be a pristine example of, of what I was just talking about right there. But before we get too far into it, I got to show you this. So if you've seen that Legally Blonde movie from like the early 2000s, it's a pretty funny movie. Whoever said orange is the new pink is seriously disturbed. <laughs> well, here's a video of Reese Witherspoon, a.k.a. L. Woods, uh, getting arrested in 2013. And this is uh, the exact kind of stuff we'll be talking about on today's show. I just tell you today. He's under arrest. If you don't get back I'm a U.S. citizen. I'm allowed to stand on American Actually, ground and ask any right? question I want to ask. Go ahead. Come on. You better not arrest uh, me. Yes, ma'am. Are you kidding me? No, I told you. I'm an American citizen. Uh, I told you to get in that car and stay in there, didn't I? This is beyond. I this told is beyond. You fight with me. I promise this you. This is harassment. You're not harassing me as an American citizen. I have got nothing against the law. Yes, you have. You didn't obey my... I have to obey your order? Yes, you do, Reese. No, sir, I Reece, do you not. Reese, you have to Absolutely nothing. Reese. I'm now being arrested and handcuffed? Yep. Do you know my name, sir? Don't hate enough. You don't need to know my name? Not quite yet. I'll get oh, that really? information. Okay. You're about to find out who I am. That's fine. I'm not real worried about you, ma'am. I done told you how things work. You want to get out and get up in my investigation? That's okay. Yes, sir, I do. Well, guess what? We have a law for that. It's called obstruction. I'm obstructing your justice. Yep. Really? Yep. I'm being anti-American. Yep. Go ahead, sit down. Wow. Sit your butt first. It'd be a lot easier on you. Interesting. Arresting me. I tried. I'm sorry. I absolutely 100% tried. I have nothing to do with that. I know. So I uh, thought you'd find that a little entertaining. But these kind of altercations, you know, happen all the time. And again, I don't know what started it, if she actually did something illegal or not. But um, a lot of times a person didn't do something illegal and their words can get them arrested. And we're going to dive into that analysis. Now, I'm not saying to be disrespectful or to start something with police that never goes good. And, you know, maybe you win in the long run, maybe you don't. But uh, it's definitely not worth it to go through, you know, the humiliation, if you possibly have to sit in jail, the legal expenses, the stress. So again, this isn't legal advice, okay? I don't want to, you know, get sued because someone was acting, you know, like an idiot or something. But um, just to go through, you know, the rights, you know, presumably you have and where the First Amendment lies on these type of issues. So uh, today's scope, again, it's not record, we're not talking about recording police. We're not talking about things like that. We're only talking in regards to speech. So as I've discussed before, the First Amendment protects the freedom of speech because the framers knew it was a natural God-given right. Now, of course, threats, fraudulent speech, and obscenity are not protected. Um, I always hate when people quote uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes. People think they're so smart and they say, what about yelling fire in a crowded theater? It's like um, a theater is private property, so the First Amendment doesn't apply, dipshit. Like, I can't believe... Uh, someone so esteemed, you know, didn't think that one through. But, uh, yeah, it's a little different. Private property, you can, just like you could say, no cussing on my property. Or you could say uh, all kinds of different things, right? So, a little tangent, but that's just a little pet peeve of mine. So, there was also for a long time a concept called fighting words that kind of held the day. 
in uh, Supreme Court jurisprudence on the matter. And, of course, it's a legal term of art the court just dreamed up one day in 1942. And uh, so if it's deemed fighting words during this era, uh, uh, the speech is not protected under the court's uh, First Amendment jurisprudence. The fighting words doctrine was born in a case called Chaplinsky v. New Hampshire, where a pamphleteer, again, this was in 1942, called a city official a racketeer and a damned fascist. The Supreme Court ruled that these were unprotected fighting words and could support the pamphleteer's arrest and conviction under New Hampshire law that made it a crime to address any offensive, derisive, or annoying word to any other person who is lawfully in any street or public place. The court stated that fighting words are no essential part of any exposition of ideas and are of such slight social value as a step to truth that any benefit that may be derived from them is clearly outweighed by the social interest in order and morality. So again, it's one of these things where the Supreme Court kind of does like a test. Whenever they don't know what to do, they come up with a test. Here it's a balancing test. The benefit outweighed by a social interest. I mean, what the hell do any of those words mean? A social interest? My interest is going to be different than yours. And my interest is a hell of a lot different than a lot of people's in this country. They have a socialist interest. Um, but I digress. Uh, but the Chuplinski case has never been formally overruled. It, it is an anachronism today. Um, it's effectively been undermined by a series of Supreme Court decisions beginning in the 1970s. And as I said in the last episode, the 1970s was, uh, was a very radical time in uh, Supreme Court jurisprudence um, where the court really took a radical shift on a lot of key issues. So the first one, this is 1971. It's a case called Cohen v. California. And this is what my con law professor called the fuck the draft case. Um, again, this is the height of the Vietnam era. A man was charged with disturbing the peace after wearing a fuck the draft jacket in a courthouse hallway. The court found that the arrest violated the First Amendment. The jacket did not contain fighting words as it was not a direct personal insult to anyone. And while it was coarse and profane, the court said, quote, one man's vulgarity is another's lyric, end quote. And there was no principled basis for removing any particular word or term from the, quote, public vocabulary, end quote. I think it's interesting here how they say it's not a direct personal insult. So does that mean then it's not protected? Interesting. So moving on, 1972. Gooding v. Wilson, Vietnam War protesters blocked the entrance to an army building. When police sought to remove them, the defendant said to an officer, among other things, you son of a bitch, I'll choke you to death. He was charged and convicted under a Georgia statute, making it a misdemeanor to use appropriate words or abusive language tending to cause a breach of the peace. Justice Brennan, writing for the majority, found the statute overbroad as the dictionary definitions of appropriate and abusive give them greater reach than fighting words. I might be mispronouncing this appropriate word because it's very much an old-timey word, but you get the point. It's important to note that Gooding did not hold that the specific statements made by the defendant were protected speech. Indeed, it seems obvious that saying, I'll choke you to death in the course of a physical confrontation is an unprotect unprotected true threat. So what the court was getting at here is they're not saying telling someone you'll choke them to death is protected under the First Amendment. I mean... You know, even me as a pro-liberty, you know, pro-First Amendment 
uh, pro-Constitution guy would say, yeah, that's kind of absurd. Um, what they're, they ruled it on the statute. So um, you can challenge things constitutionally in two different ways. There's uh, as-applied challenges, and then there's facial challenges. So an as-applied challenge is saying the statute is constitutional as written, but the way they're applying it is unconstitutional because it violates my rights in some way. Um, but a facial challenge is when they say, no, the, the statute on its face uh, is unconstitutional. So here, there, it obviously had to have been a facial challenge because... They said the statute's overbroad, meaning that the language there is is not clear enough to where it could, um, well, it might outlaw things that are rightfully outlawed. It's so broad that it outlaws activities that are constitutionally protected. So it's good to know the difference between those two because that comes up a lot uh, when you're talking about First Amendment and in cases I'm doing as well because I've done and, and engaged in several uh, First Amendment cases uh, right now in my own practice. The next case is in 1974, Lewis v. City of New Orleans. The court considered a case in which a woman whose son had just been arrested allegedly called an officer a goddamn motherfucking police. I assume he said it like that. She was charged with and convicted of violating a New Orleans ordinance that made it a crime to curse or revile or to use obscene or, uh, there's that word again, appropriate, 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 Brius language toward or with reference to an officer in the course of his or her duties. Following Gooding, in another opinion written by Justice Brennan, the court found the ordinance overbroad. So again, this is an overbroad uh, ordinance, and, and it makes sense because this is purely just, just language and attitude. It's not any type of violence or threat. So moving forward here, more than a decade later, the court returned to the related issues in City of Houston v versus Hill, and that's in 1987. The case arose when Hill saw two police officers speaking with another man who had taken it upon himself to stop traffic on a busy street to allow a vehicle to enter the roadway. Fearing that the officers were preparing to arrest the other man, Hill started yelling at the officers, including asking them to pick on someone their own size. There was no evidence of slurs or epithets, but when Hill admitted that he was trying to interrupt the officers, he was charged with a violation of a city ordinance that made it unlawful to oppose, abuse, or interrupt an officer in the execution of his or her duty. You see a lot of statutes like that, like that oppose, abuse, interrupt. Um, it's kind of like one of these catch-alls that they use for like disturbing the peace or sometimes even uh, like a resisting arrest. And uh, the case I'm going to get to later in this episode uh, has uh, it act, and the case I'm going to get to later in this episode uh, has similar language. As in Gooding and Lewis, the court, in an opinion again written by Justice Brennan, found the ordinance was overbroad and violated the First Amendment because it was not limited to fighting words. It also noted that the ordinance gave officers unfettered discretion to enforce it against those who annoy or offend them, and stated that, quote, the freedom of individuals verbally to oppose or challenge police action without thereby risking arrest is one of the principal characteristics by which we distinguish a free nation from a police state, end quote. It's a really good quote there. I like that. So this is a very good point uh, that Justice Brennan makes, is that 
the way this statute is written, basically, if a police officer doesn't like you, um, they could arrest you under the statute. So again, this is on facial grounds, and it's uh, it was deemed overbroad. So here, the Hill Court referenced Justice Powell's concurrence in Lewis, where Justice Powell expressed the opinion that, quote, a properly trained officer may reasonably be expected to exercise a higher degree of restraint than the average citizen and thus be less likely to respond belligerently to fighting words, end quote. <laughs> um, higher degree of restraint. Yeah, we don't see much of that these days, especially in the uh, video I'm about to play for you guys. So in this case, the court discussed, but did not necessarily endorse Justice Powell's suggestion. But the idea has taken root, and lower courts sometimes treat verbal abuse that might be unprotected fighting words, if said to anyone else, as protected speech when said to police. So there's kind of your uh, Supreme Court overview slash background slash outline, whatever you want to call it. And there, most recently, was a case here in the Sixth Circuit in 2022 uh, that really makes things clear for us here. Uh, at least as it pertains to us uh, here in Michigan, if you're like me here in Michigan. So for those who don't know, the Sixth Circuit is the federal appellate court, so it's like the second highest court. And uh, if you're here, like I said, in Michigan or Ohio, Kentucky, or Tennessee, that's the Sixth Circuit. So that's this case is the law for the circuit. In this case, the court ruled in favor of a man who called a group of police officers bitch-ass fucking pigs, motherfuckers, and dirty rat bastards. It found that his arrest on disorderly conduct charges was unjustified because mere epithets directed at a law enforcement officer, no matter how coarse or profane, do not constitute fighting words and are protected by the First Amendment. That case is called Wood v. Eubanks. So, you can see a lot of these cases have to do with disorderly conduct or resisting arrest. And uh, which the latter is something they really like to tack on to any charge if you do anything <laughs> at all to these cops. And uh, the case I'm about to show you flies right in the face of the First Amendment and especially with the recent case law in the Sixth Circuit that uh, I just referenced. And uh, this happened right here in Hillsdale, supposedly the, uh, the uh, you know, where they have the college that teaches Constitution, all that good stuff. But uh, look what's going on on the streets, you know, just a mile away. And uh, a video of this interaction uh, went viral on YouTube, actually. It was posted by a guy, his page is named James Freeman. And uh, after I saw this video, it was going around on Facebook too a lot. I think I saw it on Facebook first, but I did uh, talk with Mr. Bailey and uh, the man in the video, and I ended up taking his case pro bono. So I'm going to play this clip um, from the YouTube Page, so you're going to hear uh, Mr. Freeman's kind of voiceover. It's not me talking. I didn't have any say in it, so just got to deal with it. Um, but the video went kind of viral. It got over 139,000 views. Um, so what's happening here, just for some context, is uh, the city police are responding to a dog at large in town. And the video, in the video, they're saying this dog got like beat with a baseball bat or something. That did not happen, um, so I'm just trying to be fair to the police, like, you know, they, they did some things wrong, but there was no beating with a bat, okay? So just disregard that part. I don't know where that rumor started. 
But they did tase the dog because it, it's not in the video, but um, obviously I was privy to the body cam footage. And they tase this dog actually as it's running away, which, you know, I, I think is, is wrong on all sorts of levels because um, it wasn't a threat to them or anything. Um, but that is on their body cam. It was very unnecessary. So anyways, this girl comes home. She's emotionally distraught. She's freaking out because her dog got tased and the police are there. And the whole thing just turns into a complete, you know, shit show. Like Jerry Springer type escapade, as, as you'll, you're about to see. And uh, my client was also there. And um, before all this kind of went down, the officers were kind of picking on him to begin with. But he, anyways, when this... Uh, this girl in the video was getting a little bit hysterical. He, they told her to go get her ID. And, um, you know, she's, I think, trying to follow the orders. But, you know, she's just very emotional. So she wasn't, you know, so they were yelling at her. Just, again, escalating it, which is not what they're supposed to do. So my client um, says, hey, she's going to get her wallet. And next thing you know, boom, they just pin him up against the wall. Very just violently, suddenly, aggressively. And, uh, but don't take my word for it. Uh, check it out for yourself. And now you know I said to watch the video version on this one. Give me your ID. You're going to jail for a felony. She's going to get it out of the car. You don't hear her? Quit f***ing yelling. Are you obstructing my investigation? Hey, everybody. It's James Freeman. Today's video is coming to us from Ruth Ann Bailey on Facebook. On March 21st, 2022, Hillsdale Police in Hillsdale, Michigan were responding to a call at a residence. While they were there, the neighbor's dog got out. Officer Sims claims that the dog was charging him aggressively, so he pepper sprayed it and beat the dog with a bat that had been laying on the ground. The video begins after Officer Sims was done pepper spraying and beating the dog and the owner had gotten the dog back in the house. The owner of the dog was still very upset and shaken up that someone had just beat the crap out of her dog, and meanwhile, Officer Sims, the one that beat her dog, was yelling at her to get her ID so that he could write her a citation for a dog at large. Andy Bailey, who was standing nearby, told Officer Sims to stop yelling at her, causing Officer Sims to turn his rage and aggression towards him. But I did see it. I watched him do it. I don't need to give you my ID. I did. What did I do? Give me your ID. My dog's in large. You can't push my dog. I know because your dog approached me aggressively. Yeah, my ass. I just walked upstairs two minutes ago and she was sitting there just fine. Give me your ID. You're going to jail for a felony. She's going to get it out of the car. You don't hear her? Yelling, you Are might. you obstructing my investigation? Don't step up to me. You need to back off. You need to back the f What the f***? You, you need to fuck Yeah, that's yeah, that's statements on that assault. What the bro? You guys are f***ing up in your heads, man. You need a hand. Videotape right here. Paul say, Ashley. I'm calling Lieutenant Stuyvesant right now, dude. Hey, post that shit Oh, I am. Believe that. It's right here on video. I'm calling Lieutenant Stuyvesant, bro. Hey, just Worldwide, just watch you throw him up against the wall for no reason. What did he do? Nothing. I backed the up. We got this all on recording, bro. Hold on. You're under arrest for obstructing my police officer. You're gonna be under arrest. You ain't got no police officer. Bitch, you come here for me, right? How do I obstruct your police officer? Don't run into I me, pig. You guys pepper spray my dog. What are you doing here? here? I'll tell you. What are you doing here? What? Are you guys 
fucking crazy. Watching you guys beat that dog. Andy, I'll be there to get you. He has a right to be there. You have a nice day, bitch, in court. In court. I'll see you in court. Remember that, Ruth Ann Bailey. See you in court, Piggy. You know you're a coward. I was gone from my house and... Who are these cops? Sims. That's Sims, Sims and, and I don't know the guy. other guy. And was no, beating the out really of it, dude. punching it. I have requested the body cam footage from this incident, but haven't received anything back yet. Andy was charged with disorderly conduct and resisting an officer. The dog owner was given a citation for having a dog at large. I will update you on this incident when I get the body cam footage and the probable cause affidavit where Sims explains why he thought that someone telling him to stop yelling at a victim was disorderly conduct. <laughs> There's some real uh, Peckerwood mania for you guys. Uh, a lot of chaos there, huh? Welcome to Hillsdale, Michigan. Uh, I need to make a correction. I think I might have said tased earlier. I did not mean to say that. I, I was actually... Probably in my head, uh, Freudian slip, whatever you call it, uh, conflating it with another case. Um, but yeah, they pepper spray the dog, not taste. So just just to be just to be factually accurate. <clears throat> Anyways, so yeah, as soon if if you're not watching the video version, basically as soon as uh, Mr. Bailey said she's going to get it, and um, the officer yells, "Are you obstructing my obstructing my investigation?" That's exactly when um, he's pinned up against the wall and arrested. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's a rhetorical question or what, but uh, obviously the conclusion was assumed because that's when he was arrested. So, all that yelling and chaos and commotion uh, ensued after the arrest, just, just to be clear. You know, I thought law enforcement was supposed to be peace officers, but uh, you can see here this guy is trying to be Billy Badass and use force on a guy much, much smaller than him and... And, and not a threat. Uh, and, and that's the kind of stuff I just can't stand because the officer showed up from the very beginning looking for a fight, looking, you know, uh, looking to show off his power and, and to be dominant. And, and that's not the kind of guy that, that should have a badge and a gun, okay? The kind of guy that should have a badge and a gun is someone who should be looking to protect the public, uh, not start, start problems where they don't exist. So a couple things here, and uh, then I'll wrap the show up for you guys. First off, my client did not resist arrest, as the video clearly shows. And just on statutory grounds alone, um, it's absolutely bogus to charge him. I mean, that that in itself um, definitely definitely gets my blood pressure up. It should piss you off, too, because that could be you, your son or daughter, your brother, sister, husband, wife, parents, whatever. You know, how would you feel? Um, you know, he my client was standing there, and the officer basically attacked him. But second, you know, more relevant to this episode is this goes right in line with the First Amendment case law that I just showed you um, where someone's arrested simply for their words and charged under a disorderly and a resisting arrest type statute, which in, in this case it was both. So we definitely had a strong uh, defense on uh, constitutional grounds in this case for those reasons, but uh, just 
for those interested, the aftermath of the case, my client did stand firm. He, he said, look, I didn't do anything wrong. I said, totally agree. He refused to take a plea from the very start. And as this case went on months and months later, he stood his ground, refused to take a plea just to make the case go away, even though he's offered a pretty low deal. Um, but uh, ultimately, because of that, we were set for a jury trial about two weeks ago, I think. And uh, the week the week of when the jury trial was supposed to be, the charge uh, was dismissed. So he is a free man. Well, that's the show. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope I didn't go too into the weeds. Um, but uh, I do plan to continue this First Amendment series if you guys enjoyed it. And next time I'll talk about, you know, a different topic within the scope or the umbrella of the First Amendment. So, uh, you know, send me some feedback. Send me some show requests. I love hearing from you guys. I love interacting. And also do not forget to subscribe to the Substack. That's how you stay involved. We're going to have some cool things in there, including a private chat. So uh, you don't want to miss anything. Get on the Substack. And if you like the show, please, please, please send it to your friends. Um, it's just a very easy thing you can do to help keep this show going, help support. So uh, everybody take care. Have a nice night or day wherever you are. Peace.